All right. Welcome. Thanks, everyone. Welcome back to the Peeling Layers podcast. I'm your host, David Hilario. Uh, this is the podcast we talk about careers, life, and everything in between. And with me today, I have a special guest who, who came um, live in person to the uh, Peeling Layer, Layers studio. Please welcome Carmel Riddell. Hey. So, Carmel, um, I was thinking about how to explain what your intro is and, and who you are, but I feel like you're probably going to do a better job doing that. So, do you want to kind of tell the audience what you do? Yeah. Hello, everyone. So, I am a certified resume writer and professional career coach and have been working with clients and coworkers for the past over 12 years now, working on resume writing and career workshops and lots of different career focused, um, I don't want to say tasks, but really coaching people on the specific steps of how to evaluate their careers, set career goals, and then achieve those goals. So those are the things I kind of focus on. And the name of your business? Yep. So I have a resume business called 360 Resumes and Careers, and I just am also working on a venture that has been in progress for a while, but we're doing lots of really cool things now. Um, We've been inspired at some of the changes that we all had to make because of COVID and the impact it's had on people. So we've kind of re- reinvigorated our business it's called the every person and we focus on um, small actions to achieve big results and really working with people to provide coaching and education on um, small actions little things that you can do to kind of build up to the big result of getting a new job or making career change or whatever that goal is for you that's pretty cool it's mm-hmm. pretty cool so thanks for holding out on me about the name but that was the first time I've heard it. Oh. That's that's a pretty cool concept. Um, and, you know, I, I definitely believe in that, the idea that, you know, every little, it's all about the small things and they do roll up to the big things. So um, really, really appreciate that because it's, it's more about paying attention to the details and, and how that uh, eventually, you know, gets you to where you want to go. So awesome. Cool, cool. Um all right. And then, so one of the main things that I wanted to bring here with you or a talk with you about is kind of a follow-up to what the first podcast was about, you know, for folks who are, you know, looking for a new career or that COVID has possibly devastated their industry, you know, they want to be noticed. They're, they're looking for another job. And part of that is developing a resume. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the businesses that you have is to um, assist with uh, building or updating their resumes. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to think about, you know, what are you coming across or have you seen any differences based off of the the impact from COVID about your your market, um, what questions are asking, those kind of things, anything that you can share with us? Mm -hmm. I am finding that the resume business is actually been thriving right now Mm -hmm. and people are coming for so many different reasons before it was more either I already lost my job or there's a particular job I want to apply to so let's update my resume for that particular job and now there's those two things still exist but then in addition to that a lot of people want to be fully prepared in the event that they do lose their job. Mm-hmm. And that's actually have, has been really rare um, over the past five, five years or so that I've been running this business. Generally, people wait until that it. second where they absolutely need a yeah. resume yeah. In, 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 you know, to do it. And mm-hmm. now people are making the investment and taking the time to update their resume just so they're ready in the event something happens. Mm-hmm. And I see that as a good thing. I mean, it's not a good thing that you're worried about losing your job, but it's so much better to have a resume, not just a resume, but that you're prepared in all the different aspects of this career journey. Yeah. So that when something comes up, you're not like, oh, okay, now I'm going to think about what am I good at? What do Mm -hmm. I like to do? Mm -hmm. I need a resume. Crap, I haven't interviewed in 
however long, yeah. or I don't know anyone, like all those different, there's too much. Right. Like there's too much to start at the point that you have to start. Right. Um, and something I'm going to be really focused on over the next 61 days until the new year <sighs> is why wait till the first of the year to set goals and to start like making yourself better. Yeah. Like let's start now yeah. so that you're not doing all of that in January when like things are going to be equally harder, harder than they are, than they are today. Yeah. So right. getting, getting in front of that and saying like, okay, there's a bunch of different things that you can do. Take small actions now so that on the first of the year, you're like ready to go. That's so cool. And uh, you know, what might feel like a, a big action, uh, but with all the work that they would do with you and things like that, it's, it's small compared to that. But the first action is they have to be proactive to start thinking about this now for themselves. Right. So, um, you know, what you're noticing of the, of that trend is it sounds like there are people that are thinking about that. Um, and you also want to continue to think about that. Um, I remember my uh, one of my older boss, one of my old bosses was saying, you always look for um, a job or you always um, continue to look for uh, even if you just got your job, you continue to look for what's out there just to understand what your value is and then also be able to see what can what skills can translate to other things you might be interested in. Yeah. And one thing that I think is, God, I just wish I would have done it so much earlier in my own career. And I have learned my lesson the heart very, very hard way is knowing what you want to do next. Yeah. Yeah. For a couple of key reasons. One being you should really know if there's something that you want to do that you have a key like gap or missing qualification mm. that way instead of, uh, and I'll just share. So, when I was working on becoming a manager from being a supervisor, so basically going from like a very entry level, um, and in addition to having these two businesses, by the way, I have a corporate career that I've been working in for about 15 years as well. So as I'm developing oh, yeah. tools and resources for all of you to use to achieve your own career goals, they've been developed through and tested through firsthand experience. Yeah. Something that like wasn't working this or that real. was super hard for me. I was like, how do I make this easier? And then developed something that that ended up working. Yeah. So it was awesome, like interview guide that you'll prep for your own interviews. And I developed that over time. And now every interview I go to, I mean, they call me and they'll be like, I'm sorry, I can't hire you. You're not the right fit. But wow, that was an amazing interview because of tools that I've developed mm -hmm. going through it myself. So anyways, back to the original story. So I was trying to become a manager from supervisor. So very entry level leadership to that next big jump. Mm -hmm. And I didn't talk to anyone about that goal. I didn't talk to my own leaders about the goal. I didn't even really know what it took. I was just looking at these managers thinking like, I can do what they do, yeah. but really never took that time to understand what the qualifications were. I applied to so many jobs that I wasn't getting. And I was just, it was, I mean, first of all, it's horrible applying to jobs and you're constantly being told mm -hmm. you're not the person. Yeah. And it's super time consuming and just, <laughs> all around it's a roller coaster of emotions too yeah and then you like hype yourself up you're like yeah this is gonna be the one i'm qualified i'm gonna get it and they're like no yeah. you're not yeah and so after a year and a half at that mm -hmm. i finally like took the time to evaluate like what is missing here why am i not getting these roles and identified this huge gap that i just didn't really have experience managing budgets mm -hmm. and i didn't have financial experience and finally i started finally i realized that and then I'm like, okay, let me solve this now. I talked to my director about it. Can I get on some projects where I'll get this experience? I personally went back to school and got a degree in finance. I just, I attacked it from all angles. Mm -hmm. And after I took those various approaches, the next manager job that I interviewed for, I got that one. And it was using a lot of different tactics as well. But a huge piece of it was that I, I, er, I finally identified that gap and mm -hmm. then I closed it. So for everyone listening and as you're thinking about this, the lesson here for me was know what you want to do and then try to understand if you do have any gaps so that you can be filling those gaps now um, and addressing that. So that was, took me a long time to figure out, but finally, once I did, I think it's just changed everything and how I approach things and how I work with my clients as well. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a great kind of personal story about how to turn around, you know, what you've learned and how it could be effective for for people listening, because when you're when you're thinking about the gap, it's usually about people tend to say 
people are quick to say what they they're not good at or yeah. that's not me i don't do that yeah. and accept it right that so there's no way i can do that because i know that i'm not good at math or i'm not good at accounting or budgets yeah. or, or i don't excel in excel yeah right so there's no way around it but um i think what you just shared is you know the first part is recognizing that there is a gap mm-hmm. Um, we're not perfect, you know, similar to you, I have a number of these stories where I've failed in my uh, corporate career, only to know that that's a learning point for me that I can share with others. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, so I I think that this is, in order for you to understand how valid these, these, these learnings that we have are, it's a lot, a lot of them, if not all of them are um, things that we've experienced, uh, you know, firsthand. So, so that's great. I, I think that, you know, it's, it's helpful for people to, to know and, and see how that, how that works. So um, great. Um, any other, well, so I guess going back to that, like just recently, you're starting to see that this trend of um, people being proactive, mm-hmm. has that happened before COVID or, um, Honestly, not really. Like, I rarely did I get someone coming to paying, investing money in themselves to get a resume updated if they were not in a job search at that moment, whether they had a specific job that they were applying Mm -hmm. to or they were applying to jobs. And now people are coming and just saying, like, I need to be ready. And you know, real it, like what's actually happening, which is causing people to do that mm-hmm. is, you know, you know, there are layoffs, you know, there are layoffs and now not just with COVID, but this is the, this is layoff season, right? Like yeah. organizations run out of money, they go through layoffs and this sounds crazy, but, and if you're, you know, if you've been impacted by that or you're in an organization where you're going through that, the budgets start again next year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm working on trying to get as many people as possible ready for that time because whether you've already lost a job or you're worried about that things are i mean i'm not going to talk about the state of the world yeah. i definitely don't know if things are going to get better I but i feel like you just did <laughs> <laughs> but but for budgets for hiring yeah. and for that things do generally get much better in the beginning of the year yeah. so you want to be ready for that right like when those jobs post be one of the people who are ready to apply rather than being surprised or not even knowing and kind of missing that opportunity. Can, can we talk a little bit? I don't think I've ever talked to anybody necessarily about this, um, but it's a great point that you just called out is that um, these are the small details that somebody notices, like these companies, these recruiters, somebody notices that somebody took the initiative to think, not just at the time that we've noticed them for this position, mm-hmm. but further in advance to like um, get to this point to where they're ready. Is that mm-hmm. kind of a recognition of a characteristic of a candidate that people are looking for? Or I don't know if that makes sense. But... That makes sense. And I will speak to that. Yeah. So, and this might sound harsh, but it's good for us all to think about, yeah. which is people who are hiring it's not that they don't care if you're trying, but think it's always good to think about things from the other's perspective, right. right? As you're going, as you're going through this, you know, applying to jobs, think about things from the recruiter's mm-hmm. perspective. As you're interviewing, think about it from the hiring, you know, person's perspective. And in the case of like proactively addressing some of your gaps, they don't care that you're, they might, uh, certain people might be like, oh, this is person is the type of person that will proactively try to learn and grow. There's the, that's the minority of people that are going to care about right. that. But what they do care about is that you're able to do a thing that they need you to do. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. That's what your resume needs to say. Your brand statement needs to talk about that. I mean, everything that you do should be geared towards your audience. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, career related or otherwise right yeah um well but how does that how do they know how how can people reflect those things in their resume about um i understand the culture or understand what you're looking for mm -hmm. in this candidate and this is this is um i am who it is yep and and we can speak a little bit about that and 
going back to the first podcast when, you know, your wife openly spoke about how she was concerned about her transferable skills right. from hospitality to another industry, mm-hmm. um, how you would do that, no matter what industry you're really in, is you have to have a deep understanding or the best understanding you can of that position that you're interested in or the company that you want or the industry, whatever it is that you're trying to target, you want to have a good understanding right. of what that is. And then you go and you figure out, and I have a very simple but proven process to do this when I work with the people I write their resumes, but it's not difficult. Really, the, this what you're going to do is you're going to take that, let's say it's a job description, you're going to take that job description and read it. And generally, they're written in a way that they are somewhat, not vague, but like higher level. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're super specific. And honestly, that might not be the job for you if you're trying to transfer your skills or transfer industries. But you're reading that job description and trying to understand what are the key points, what are the key things they're looking for, and the key qualifications. And then you can identify, okay, um, using this hospitality thing as an example, let's say on the job description, it says something about managing projects. Someone who's in the hospitality industry might say, well, I'm not a project manager. I manage the front office. Mm -hmm. And so then I would ask, okay, well, what have you done in the front office? Have there been any major changes? Oh yeah. We just did a huge remodel last year. Oh really? Who loved that? Oh, well I did. Okay. So how much, you know, what was the investment? What was the budget of this remodel? $5 million. Okay. So you've managed a $5 million project. How did it go? Were you on time? Oh yeah. We were a month ahead of schedule. So that's how you get from saying like, I've never managed projects to, I'm, you know, in the hospitality industry doing X, Y, and Z, and how does that transfer? So sometimes it's hard to see that when you don't have either the help or you just don't even know what to do. But my recommendation for all of you is to start, if this is, you know, if that's something you're attempting, is to start by just reading these job descriptions or even talking to people who do what you might want to do and ask them, you know, what is your daily job like? Or what does someone who does what you do, like, what are their typical qualifications? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I see a lot of that, too, is the things that you're uncovering, um, both from the employer looking to hire Mm -hmm. and what they're looking for and the skills that that person has already. Because a lot of what you're seeing is, okay, so understand the other piece. But then to me, it sounds like it's like reverse. You're reversing the process to see, okay, where does this job description bullet point fit in my list of qualifications or skills that that I've already done Mm -hmm. right so um and I've come across people that I've seen their resumes and it's like um I completed five projects and I I did this and like that's the length of their their bullet points of the resume because when they're in their job Mm -hmm. all a lot of them, it seems like all they see is the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it day-to-day, it's really hard to, to pick out the major accomplishments or to see where your work, what the results of your work actually is. Yep. And so I think that it's great to kind of walk it back the way that you did in terms of, you know, what are the projects that w- were there? How much? What was the, the result? It's those are the things that we don't see. Again, day to day, we we see the clock in, clock out, do the same thing I did yesterday, you know, all that stuff. And so it, it's really important to kind of take that macro step back to understand, mm-hmm. because that may help you understand. I mean, for me, when I'm coaching people, what I see is I don't look at what their current job is. Mm-hmm. I look at every other experience that they've had to identify what are the trends, what are the commonalities that they have. Mm-hmm. in each of these different jobs because you can go from being um i don't know a fast food worker over to a gig economy or like an uber driver or something and then over to an, an uh, uh accountant right but there's something in those jobs that they that you can find a commonality to know that i'm not an accountant that's not what I want to do, but there's something related to accounting that I want to do. That's also related to other previous jobs. Mm-hmm. And then that helps. Do you bring them. up accounting, accounting because no one asks what you do if you're an accountant? Have you seen that No, no. All right. Well, if you watch TikTok, there's great videos about how if you don't want people to ask about your day job, just tell them you're an accountant. Not 
for all the accountants listening. We love you. We need you. <laughs> we do. We need but, you. Like the work is so like boring. Yeah. But, like if you just say you're an accountant, everyone will be. Well, I mean, <laughs> ask you a <laughs> I feel like accountants uh, admit to that too. They know that it's totally. a boring job. That's why. That's why it's so funny. Yeah, it's probably the introverts that are accountants too, because that uh, um, allows them to not have to talk to a lot of people. Yeah. Well, anyway, accountants, so, uh, please confirm. Let me know. Yeah. Let us know if you are extroverted don't, or introverted. Don't cancel us. <laughs> <laughs> We're just starting. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, already creating controversy here. So, um, cool. So I, I think that's, that's some really helpful stuff here. I think one of the other things to know is that this is just the, the, I think we're just scratching the surface here of the, the level of services that you provide in terms of understanding. It's basically a long game, right? For, mm-hmm. I mean, it's your career. It's not just getting to that first job. Mm-hmm. It's, it's understanding the landscape and, and preparing yourself for mm-hmm. the, the next steps. Is that Am I capturing that accurately? I think there's some long game and there's some short game. Yeah. Like, it would be, and it's hard because a lot of times the short game is so much easier, right? Yeah. Like same with like diet and exercise. You're like, all right, I need to lose 10 pounds. So I'm going to do these five things over the next 30 days and attempt to achieve that. Mm-hmm. You know, what do we really, really want is to be happy and healthy yeah. and feel good but it's easier to try to put something together in a short period of time. And we actually acknowledge that and say like, yes, you want to have a thriving career to just have a thriving career. That's too big. Yeah. So that's exactly what we attempt to do is it's what we do, which is bring it down to like small things that you can do Mm -hmm. that build up to that bigger thing that you want. But that's for like short game and long game. There are things that you need to do short game, right? So like if you lost your job because of COVID, and you have to get another job or you want to get another job, you need a short game, yeah. right? Like you don't have, you don't, you know, if it's me, if I lost my job tomorrow, I need a short, short, yeah. fast and short game, right? Yeah. Like I need to figure something out super fast so I can get a paycheck as soon as possible. But at the same time, I also want to be doing things that get me to where I want to be long-term with my businesses and also with my, you know, day job career. Yeah. yeah. And that's a long game thinking like, okay, I want to be a, whatever it is, these are the core things I need, me, need to be doing to work towards a goal that I have in five years from now. I also have a goal that I need to achieve. You know, I just recently made a job change. So I had a short game as well to say like, okay, I need to get a new job in the near term. I need to update my resume. I need to reach out to my contacts. I need to update my LinkedIn profile. That's the short game. And then at the long game, I have this long-term, you know, five, 10 year goal. What am I doing? You know, is the decision I make now going to contribute to that? or not so it's kind of both it's a lot yeah it is a lot it's so much and even for me i know what i'm doing i coach people i'm you know an expert at it and it still feels like a lot so don't mean to freak anyone out um and that's exactly what david and i are going at it from a little bit different perspective Mm -hmm. david's really 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 good at coaching and kind of walking through that one-on-one and you know we're trying to provide access to information and more programming and planning Um, and like little projects that you can do so that, you know, the other thing we haven't talked about yet is that all of our lives are absolutely crazy and no one has time to do any of this and you you have to have time and we don't have time. I don't know what you think about that, but that's just the reality, right? It's something, so I've said it to a couple of people before about the whole thing about time. You're never, um, and I keep saying where, what the source was, uh, it was the post Malone video, okay. but it was, it was a quote that he started, um, his video by, and it was, um, it's the wow video. He goes something like you're, uh, you'll never have enough time. If you want time, you have to make time. Yeah. Oh. So, so yeah, no, I totally, I totally believe that. And like, yeah, it's always going to be a lot. It's always going to feel like it's insurmountable. Um, when you're not doing anything to, to get, you know, to accomplish your goals, right? So um, one of the things that I, I've talked more to my wife than to anyone else is just what we're going through now. Because, um, you know, obviously, so she's, she's working through kind of 
you know, not having a job and uh, understanding what our skills are. And I think that it's been helpful with the, with the podcast. And then for me, it's shifting to this new mentality of kind of building your own business and mm-hmm. getting yourself out there and all these things that, you know, as I feel like I'm an extrovert in those things, but mm-hmm. um, I also feel like just understanding there's an entire, I'm putting myself out there to everyone mm-hmm. it's it's not easy mm-hmm. so and leading into that discomfort this is part of what your goal is then you have to experience that mm-hmm. right it's not it's not always going to be easy and you know i know with the experiences that you've had and and the the most multiple facets that you are dealing with there's there's the end goal but then you know i'm sure you're experiencing a lot of uh, discomfort in, in the things you know you do to get to where you need to go right oh my gosh I'll just share this so <laughs> I'm working with my business partner we're developing <clears throat> these all the course content for this awesome I mean these really like informative but also step-by-step videos and workbooks and guides everything to take you from like I have no idea what I'm doing with my career yeah. all the way to like getting ex- negotiating and accepting an offer so I've been delivering workshops. So I'm an extreme extrovert. I love to talk to anyone. David asked me to be on this podcast and I was like, uh, definitely. And then I <laughs> basically forced him to invite me back even before he even got a yeah, chance this, to this, see what it was going to be before like. Before the recording, she's already like, I'm talking about episode eight. Yeah. Here's what we're going to so do. I love talking to people. I've been doing these workshops for over 12 years. I've been delivering career workshops, but they've never been recorded. So when we're talking, when I'm working with my business partner, I'm telling her, oh, the, recording the videos? Don't even give that another thought. I'm going to be so good at that. I'm so good at delivering workshops. Yeah, yeah. Like, worry about other things. Yeah. So we get to the day. We're, we go to record. <laughs> I still even can't even tell the story without being embarrassed. We go to record, and I just froze. Like, I couldn't. I could not. <laughs> I just, it was like I didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah. And I'm, like, the subject matter expert in this business, and she's the, like, God expert in everything else yeah, she's an incredible yeah. woman and I felt like oh my god this she's gonna think I like you had like one I job to do. Her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I had to like keep assuring her I swear I know what I'm talking about yeah. and she's like you know being really nice but I don't know what she was really thinking so anyway I something you know I thought I would be good at it I was not yeah and it, it, it's been a huge time commitment and a huge blow to my ego to be like watching these horrendous videos I mean, they're just really bad. They will be great. But yeah. so my point really is something I thought would be easy. It wasn't, you know, I, I've been doing this a long time, so I didn't expect to have the embarrassment or the discomfort or, you know, a big piece of it too. I think that's scary for everyone is you have to, whether it's, you don't want to reach out to someone cause you don't want to ask for help or also you don't know what to say, mm-hmm. or it's, you know, you feel embarrassed or you don't want to, you know, or you don't want to interview and then not get it. I can't tell you how many jobs I've interviewed for that I haven't got. I mean, I can probably tell you if I think about it for a minute, but plenty. And then I have to work with those people yeah. the next day. Like, okay, I didn't get that job. I mean, and it's uncomfortable in the beginning, but then you kind of get used to it. Or like you, I think you mentioned like if, the, or maybe that was in our own you know conversation before this, but you know, if your goal is more important, what was it about discomfort? I think it was in the first podcast. Something about you have your you want to change because it's more uncomfortable not to change. Yeah, the pain of <laughs> pain of change is less than the pain of staying the same. Yeah. That's when you that's when people change. So I butchered that, right? But I did too. Thank so. you. So the point being, like, if you really want what you want, yeah. Okay, so some stuff's a little uncomfortable. It's gonna hurt a little bit. Yeah, or you can just stay exactly where you are. Yeah, yeah. You know that it's it's kind of like I mean. Um, for people who work out that when you do abs and the, the next day it's like super sore because you haven't done abs in so long, that's what you're dealing with. But the reason why that your abs are sore is because they're being worked. Mm-hmm. They're, they're being stretched from what they normally are doing. So um, this whole thing about pain and that, you know, we will talk about this will always be a constant thing yeah. and reminder and a reminder to ourselves, too, about the pain that we're going to have to go through. Mm-hmm. So it's never going to be easy. But, you know, would you want it to be easy? Because if it was, then everybody can do it. Yeah. Yeah. So 
So no, and I think one thing that we haven't talked about and in the for the fear of, you know, sounding callous or anything, but I can call this out too. Not only are you working in a corporate job, you're managing businesses, you're also a mother, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, and I went a long way around just to say mm-hmm. that don't call feminist, don't call mm-hmm. me or anything. But it's you have a family. Yeah, I'm supposed to get mad at you because no one ever gets asked about being a father. Yeah, but, so no, which I is do. the trend now that I see. So. Yeah, no, I, I am a mother. I have three kids. I have a, a six year old who I'm virtually educating. I'm not, but I'm she's at home doing kindergarten. Oh, okay. Um, and a five year old and a one year old. So, yeah, my gosh, the conflict <clears throat> of figuring out how to spend your time. Yeah. And then, like, I'm going through this a lot right now, which is, I know I need to do, like, quote, self-care, but, I mean, I don't. (laughs) And, I mean, my self-care is work is being here, truly. Like, being here in this moment, having this conversation, doing something I love with no, you know, my kids not banging on the back (laughs) of the door. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I get that. Well, I don't, I don't get that, but I yeah. hear that a lot. Yeah. Um, well, one thing I could say is, cause this is, this is you now heading towards my wheelhouse. Yeah. Right. Like the self-care being the, not the least important, but not the highest priority mm-hmm. for people. And that's, that's when I work with people about their careers, that's where we tend to uncover things mm-hmm. that are blocking that aren't necessarily career related. Mm. It's, um, it's that everybody is first mm-hmm. and you know you'll you'll get to you eventually mm-hmm. but when will eventually happen if you're what I've learned is when will eventually happen for you if your priority will always be everybody else or trying to make everybody else happy because mm-hmm. we all know trying to make one person happy is hard mm-hmm. and now you have to try to keep everybody happy mm-hmm. then one is that possible and then two if it is or if it isn't then when will you be able to take care of yourself mm-hmm. so. yeah I mean I don't get me wrong I prioritize myself yeah you know in in kind of untra- probably non-traditional ways for women so like for mm-hmm. me I spend time away you know doing my resume business or doing now you know the every person working on this career program and I also have a career. So I, that's why I say like, that's kind of like my self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, sometimes I'm like, it's Thursday and I'm like, I have not been outside since Sunday. That's crazy. That is crazy. But like, I'm constantly deciding between, okay, I have an extra 30 minutes. Do I meal prep so that I don't <laughs> have to make dinner later? Do I run to the store? Do I have tea with my six-year-old? Because that's what she wants to do. Do I, it's like, where do you, so I did this whole thing yesterday. I was like time blocking. Like I put a whole like huge grid and then every like two hour block, I was saying like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. My husband was very afraid. So. (laughs) And I didn't come to any conclusions. Oh, okay. So it's not like you started it for today or this week. It was going to be my plan for the week. Okay. And did you get, so you said it didn't go anywhere, so there isn't blocks? No, all the blocks are filled out. Okay. But it just seems like impossible. Like, I'm like doing it, thinking like this is a good idea, but like also this is never going to work. So only my point being, it's so important, but we're all struggling. Yeah. Like, and there's just everything. It's funny because I see it as a good thing. Like, it's the best part of having to be, like, and not everyone's in this situation where you get to have a job that you work from home. I am extremely fortunate. Right. Like, the best thing ever is that I get to multitask, and then it's, like, all good things that there's this point of diminishing return where Mm -hmm. it's, like, now you're forced to do it all the time, and it's very hard to distinguish, like, when you should do one thing over another. Yeah, no, well, to me, that sounds like that's the new norm. Like, everybody's saying the new normal. Yeah. But what I'm hearing you say is there's a new normal of your capability to be able to do all these things at once Yeah. because you've shown you're able to do it. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a whole, you know, this podcast is for men and women and everyone and whoever you are. Wait, you're you're already saying that? (laughs) I should say that. 
that every, everyone. I don't feel comfortable. Saying, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, it's for no, everyone. It's, it's for everyone. And however you, however you identify, yeah. hopefully there's some piece of this that's for you. Um, but there, and it's not always women, but it's very common that women are, you know, carrying the burden right. of doing so much in the house as well. And they're dropping out of the workforce and there's going to be an uptick of in, you know, at some point where they're trying to flood back into the workforce and, um, and it's, you know, again, not just women, but if you're the main lead, lead parent at, in your home. So, oh God, that just gives me the chills just thinking about it. It's yeah. just so much. Yeah. So. And I mean, we're not here to, to paint a doomsday picture, but yeah. we're here to paint the realities of yeah. what people are experiencing. Right. And so just to, again, I, I can't emphasize enough that, you know, I mean, one of the reasons why I wanted you to be a part of this podcast is just because you have so much information related to careers that is going to be a wealth of information for people listening. But then you're real, too. You you're going through it. There are mm-hmm. shitty days. Mm-hmm. There's there's things that you can't you can't ha- or not handle, but you can't um, uh anticipate and then all of a sudden you're blindsided i mean i remember stories about like you in the airport with your with your kids and stuff like that it's just those things are real yeah and you know i would much rather listen to you to you knowing that it's not like you're trying to bullshit me and say everything's happy go lucky you're gonna be fine yeah it's like there's stuff out there that you're gonna i mean it's the way that i do with golf and eventually as you progress in golf (laughs) And get to my level, which is probably going to be like in at least a year. It's not going to take very long. Yeah, right. Probably be like in a day. No. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you right now. But basically, the biggest thing for me is um, in golf is that, you know, you think you'll have a plan and you're ready to go. And then for me, it's I'm on the range. I hit very well. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. And then as soon as I get on, on the course, I, I can't figure anything out. And to me, I call that being punched in the face. Mm-hmm. Right. You're going to get punched in the face when you're out there and what you do um, after it, it shows how you show up, mm-hmm. shows you how you show up. You know, for me, like I'm going to blow up on two or three holes in golf. But if I continue to stay and let that let that um, slide or, or I'm fine with it mm-hmm. um, and then just keep going, then uh, that's going to make me better and make me feel comfortable, comfortable playing again. And, you know, for, for folks here, you're going to get punched in the face. I mean, we talked about the rejections all the time mm-hmm. about, like, that does not feel good. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's not a personal thing. It's, there might be somebody, somebody else. There might be, you know, a, a chemistry jive between you and, and, and the supervisor. It's, it's, not, it's not a personal thing, but because there is some sort of recognition of you and then a judgment of the value that you might bring there's a feeling of that yeah oh my gosh yeah i mean there's so many reasons why you might not get a job but speaking about like rejection when you interview yeah so i'll bring two things back so one being um knowing your audience which is uh, we talked about um and it's so important and also i'll tell you guys a little quick halloween story so so, and I'll bring another thing in, which is like, learn from your failures. Yeah. So I will never forget. And actually, oh my gosh. Um, David and I might've interviewed for this same job against each other, which is oh, just sure. bringing things full circle. That's why I'm laughing. And I didn't even, it, that didn't even occur to me until right now. So I interviewed for this position <clears throat> with a panel of, a panel of, um, interviewees, in, yeah, interviewers. No, interviewers. Yes. The interview I thought went great and it was either the day of Halloween or like the day before the day after. I don't know. It was like right around Halloween Uh and the very last, the interview was like over and oh my God, there are so many friends episodes that have great references. I'll try to keep my story focused. The interview was over and at the very end, they're just chit chatting and they asked me, oh, what are you going to dress up for, dress up like for Halloween? Well, David knows I hate Halloween. We're just talking (laughs) about it. So my response, instead of not being an idiot and trying to think about what you should say in an interview. My response was, Oh, I hate Halloween. I'm not dressing up. (laughs) And they all looked at me like I was an alien. (laughs) They were like, what? 
then they told this whole story about how they love Halloween. They always dress up as a team and they have like collaborating costumes. And I'm like, oh my God, I did the fatal thing you're not supposed to do. Yes, you want to be yourself. But I could have said a million other things like, oh, you know, I'm not sure yet. It's not like really my holiday. But to come out and be like, I hate Halloween at the end of this interview. So I did not get a job offer. I don't know if it was because of that or something else. But it is really important to like, okay, three things. One, know your audience and your environment. Two, yes, be authentic, but also be smart. Yeah. Like, those can you can do both things at the same time. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. And then, and then the third thing, which is like to bring it home, which is like learn from that experience. Like, am I gonna ever do that again? Absolutely not. No. Was that horrible? Am I like sweating just thinking about? <laughs> I remember exact. I could remember. I remember what room we were in. I mean, it was awful. So. Uh, no, that's helpful though. But I mean, we I all think. Make mistakes. Yeah, we all make mistakes, and I mean. It, it, that was what a couple of years ago, two three years ago. Yeah, at least. So I mean, and you're where you're at in your career. You're successful. You you you've lived to tell the story. <laughs> yeah. So that's the fourth thing. I mean, after you learn your lesson, you continue to push on. Yeah. Because then you can you can laugh about it. Because yeah, these painful things aren't going to be laughable immediately. Yeah. Maybe not for a couple of years. But you know, you you can turn around and laugh at it because you know it's it's a learning process. And yeah, for sure, I can guarantee that's not something you would say again. And there's multiple things that you can say in that situation instead of "I hate Halloween." That can still say "I hate Halloween." Yeah, you know, like it's not something that I choose to celebrate or. Um, I don't think I'm going to, I think we're going to be busy, so we won't have plans for this Halloween or something like that. Or in this case, something that would be really good to do is make them share more information first. Yeah. And then you can get more of a gauge, right? Because them asking that question, and this is a great topic for like what to do when you get asked an interview mm. question that's like very open-ended like that. Yeah. Ask another question. <clears throat> like, you know, well, where do... You what could do even, you think? yeah, you could just not answer and say, yeah. like, what are you guys dressing up yeah. as? Maybe it will give me some ideas. Right. And then they might say, oh, we hate Halloween. We don't do that. And then now you're so, now you're good. You're mm-hmm. getting the job. Yeah. Everyone hates Halloween. Great. <laughs> or they're going to say, oh, we love Halloween this year. We're all dressing up as M&Ms. And then you can say, oh, I'm in, I'm in, here we go. Halloween, I'm in it for the M&Ms. Have a nice day. Thank you for your interview and walk out. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, we all get in that situation. Sometimes we say the right thing, sometimes we don't, but... Well, I think, uh, you know, I'm trying to be careful here because I would like to joke a lot about how that's the one statement that did it for you, when honestly, I don't think that's the case. No. The, the thing, though, is what you're, what you're saying and what I'd like to point out, too, is because you're saying bounce it off them, have a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. It shows your your skills, your your relational skills, and that's what people gauge say, can I work with this person? Is this a team player? It's it's all these different things that, that like you can kind of riff towards. And you know, as an extrovert, I know that it might come off easier for you. Mm-hmm. And introverts, um, and also ambiverts, do you know about that, right? Ambiverts, mm-hmm. it's basically the middle, depending on mm-hmm. the situation, you're an extrovert or an introvert. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not just two, it's, it's a mix based on your situation, but everyone can, can learn to use a little bit more attentiveness mm-hmm. in the conversations, especially as it relates to your interviews, to help you relate, to help you, to help them recognize that, oh, this, this guy's a person, mm-hmm. he's a human being, he's not just telling me the answers that I'm looking for. He's not a robot here. Mm -hmm. She's not just, you know, coming out of her or saying stuff out of her ass. She's genuine. Mm -hmm. It's, it's those kind of things that you want to start thinking about. Um, And I know it's, it's, it's a little nerve wracking. I mean, you've seen, I I see it every day with my wife. We, we work towards these kind of things. So I learned, I learned to appreciate that, you know, not everybody has that skill to do it on the fly, Mm -hmm. but everybody can engage with, people like you can you can be a part of the conversation you can at least acknowledge that the other person in the room and I think that's going to go a long way and 
people understanding you as a person and the value that you can bring to an organization. Mm-hmm. Just things to think about mm-hmm. um, in that case. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Well, you're an expert on crucial conversations and communicating, and I mean, this is like part of part of your expertise, right? Like, so what would you, I guess, what would you have done in my situation? When you talked about the Halloween thing, yeah. actually saying that yeah. after after you said it, no before before, I you know I think I think that's a you know the asking of what are you guys gonna do is is something that that's good. I mean, for me, you know I I, I do say something and it's usually something um, I scratch the surface, mm-hmm. so more tentative. Um, I, there's some things that we're thinking about doing. Yeah. What are you guys What are you guys gonna do yeah. to to get ideas? And it's not necessarily to gauge where they're coming from or what what the value is, but it is to help the conversation flow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and again, it's to, it's to stay engaged because sometimes you have a question that you'd like to ask somebody, mm-hmm. but you have to go through their their conversation or their question first. Yeah. Right. Just so that we're we're all on even terms. We. I want to hear you the the way that um, I want you to hear me. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the approach that I would take, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So, so yeah, no. Um, but I'm sure there's a ton of people out there that have these types of stories where it, an interview has gone um, wrong, or they felt like they did the one thing, the fa- the one fatal mistake, mm-hmm. and and lived to tell about it. Um, and if that's the case. You know, I, I would say to um, let us know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we need an email for this, <laughs> which I haven't set up yet. But you can you can uh, reply to right now to David at Hilario Coaching and Consulting dot com just to give us some feedback on on that if you have any kind of. It might take us a few days to sift through all this. <laughs> but we promise we'll get back yeah. to you. <laughs> No, well, we're we're not even gonna get back to you. I, I think what we wanted to do is just uh, highlight the the most ex- embarrassing ones. No, no, no. I, I think what we want to do though is we want to share that it, it is pretty common. Yeah. And before I sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, yeah. Um, not just in an interview, but in any conversation right, that right, you have. Right. 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 Because if you know, there's a. It's good to be. I think it's good to be outspoken like me for the most part, but it can get you into trouble. Yeah. So if you're on either side of the spectrum, whether you always have something to say or you feel like you never have something to say, both can be challenging, right? right? Because think of how often I probably, I get myself into trouble when I'm like, I really shouldn't have said that, whether it's to my husband or to a coworker, a client. And, you know, it, it, you it, in my experience, goes a really long way to just, first of all, to be transparent and be like, either, sorry, that was embarrassing, yeah. or I wasn't thinking, or, you know, whatever, just say, the tr- tell honest. the truth, yeah. be honest, and that helps you, you know, build credibility, trust, authenticity, <clears throat> and so many things. Sometimes making a big mistake can actually connect you more with the person, mm-hmm. depending on what you do next, right? Like we talked about resiliency. So if you're resilient, and you come back, and you you know, sometimes that just makes you more of a person to that, you know, and now, and you actually, by making mistakes, can make other people. Now, sometimes there's a little discomfort for everyone, but then you can make the other person actually feel more comfortable because they're like, oh, okay, we're all, you know, we're all human. Yeah. They either remember a time that happened to them or just generally people are very okay with that. Now, you're going to, can we first on this podcast? Yes. You're going to meet an asshole every now and then who's just going to be a jerk about it and, that's fine. You can move on from those people. And I have, I work with plenty of those people recently <laughs> that I've attempted to get away from, but generally people are very receptive yeah. and yeah. you can then build the relationship from there. So I, I, and just my personal experience in that, I think recently, one of the things that I've done was um, I work in change leadership and sometimes there's so much ambiguity in the work that there are times that I don't feel like I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And I told my bosses that I told them, hey, you know, mm-hmm. I appreciate the support. I just want to be honest with you. There are times that I don't know what I'm doing here because things are going so crazy. Mm-hmm. And they respect me for that. Mm-hmm. They say they and they they tend to kind of ask or they tend to put more responsibility to me because they mm-hmm. they appreciate the honesty and things like that. And, you know, I thought about 
what if, uh, should I have said that? Because mm-hmm. that could have gone a, a different way. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've um, thought to make peace with that was that if they reacted a negative way mm-hmm. or not the way that I would want somebody to react, then I don't think it's is the right job for me. David, you actually brought up one of the only, well, no, there's a lot of things I don't know, that's for sure. Yeah. But there's the things that I do know, I generally have strong opinions about. Okay. But one of the things that I am conflicted on, which is this whole concept of like never apologizing mm-hmm. versus versus the like open apology or the concept of always showing up like strong and confident versus saying, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And especially there's a lot of stuff out there. that's very specialized geared towards women to say like, Oh, don't go into it. Don't apologize in a meeting or don't admit you made a mistake. Instead, the other way you can say it is thank you for catching that instead of, Oh, sorry, I made a mistake. And I don't know. What do you think about that? Cause I am super conflicted because I tend to over, I do tend to over apologize Mm -hmm. And then someone's like, oh, shit, should I, should I, should I just have said, thanks for catching that? <laughs> I, I mean, I think In that voice. Yeah. <laughs> that, that'll go over very well. <laughs> oh, thanks for catching that dick. <laughs> yeah. But that's kind of, yeah, I don't know. I, I tend to want to apologize, but then I get, you're admitting a fault. I don't know. Yeah. That's, I mean, that for me seems a lot more, how comfortable are you with yourself and how comfortable would you like your work environment to be uh, for me a lot of that is <clears throat> uh, i i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily apologize well there are times where i do apologize it, de- it depends yeah I, like i would much rather don't give that an- the consulting answer i know i know <laughs> you know i i, I tend to, i feel like i tend to apologize no actually i don't apologize there what I do is I'll apologize um, after the fact to to somebody else um, outside of the whole group, mm. just because mm-hmm. I want to make those connections. But yeah, you're you're always going to um, get into situations where somebody's going to call you out or or mm-hmm. you know you feel like your your vulnerability is going to be challenged. Yeah, and I've always ended up on the positive when I've leaned into that vulnerability. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and I mean, it's the authenticity because, and I don't know what it is because I've looked at this for years mm-hmm. since I was a kid and I feel like I've been heavy, heavy in my emotions to be able to connect with people even mm-hmm. at a young age where you're at an age where people tease you or mm-hmm. your group. And I just remember not being teased by the adults mm-hmm. um, or, or like, I don't know if it's because of my sensitivity or like they could connect with me and and know that, I don't know what it was, but I think there's, there's a, there's a quality that I felt like I I can can connect with people. So being real Hmm. suited me more, Hmm. but I think that's, that might be where it's conflicting for others, because if, if you want to be vulnerable but that's not what you're comfortable with it it doesn't show up well when Mm -hmm. you're doing it Mm -hmm. right like if if you heard oh this podcast says that I should lead into my vulnerability Mm -hmm. and then you do it without practicing it or anything like that Mm -hmm. it's not going to look like the way that you think it's going to look so that's the challenge and that's where all like the management of it internally and being able to laugh at yourself being Mm -hmm. able to feel like this is a learning point, whatever it is, the sweaty palms, like, like just yeah, the heart racing because of it, it that's going to happen. And you just have to deal with that. You know, the more you strive for per- perfection, the, the, the more stress, stressed out you'll be. I think the more anxious you'll be. Yeah. And you won't get things done. There's that's other, piece yeah, that. it's clowning up everything else. Cause yeah. then it's like, what, what am I going to do now? Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's it's a lot of those things. I think I don't know if I answered your question. I think it was a well I went all the way around. Yeah, but I like what you said, which is it not that it depends. Right? No, I don't want to yeah, you're right. I'm but glad you called that out. Knowing who you are and what you are your personality and what you're comfortable with, yeah. because you're totally right. Like if you're doing something that's totally outside of your 
comfort zone yeah. and like who you are, it's going to be trash. So, and not received well. So much better to, like in my case, err on the side of being me. Um, obviously to some degree, but still, um, that's a great thing to consider. Yeah. The same thing's not going to work for everyone. Right. And, um, I think that's to your point about calling out the things that I do with folks individually is kind of work towards them being more comfortable with who they are mm-hmm. because I will, otherwise I will always tell them it depends mm-hmm. and it'll be, depend on how you want to show up in a situation, but I can't tell you how to do that. Yeah. You know, so I think that's where a lot of <clears throat> the benefit benefits to, to the work that I do as it relates to careers, but as, as a person, as a whole, I think uh, that's where I know, what their tendencies are, mm-hmm. where, they, where they want to go. So sorry for folks that are taking notes and thinking, how should I act <laughs> in, this, in this situation? Um, it, it, this it is does, where we get you. Yeah. You got to work with David. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think I honestly feel like if somebody was to work with the both, the both of us, they'd definitely be well-rounded individuals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we've seen people like that already. I think we have people yeah definitely who have been influenced by us oh, thousands of people i'm actually not joking <laughs> this time i'm not joking but yes i mean there's something to be said for having someone coach you yeah you know like in every different thing right like oh my gosh like you might know what to do, but it's easy to make a mistake. Oh yeah. Like I know how to do my taxes, except four years ago I made a mistake and I had to pay eleven thousand dollars. Oh my god. <laughs> this year because I just made one. I clicked one uh... thing wrong. So, so like basically, you know, it's good to know, you know have a guide to yeah. walk you through it, but sometimes it's good to have a coach that's double checking your work. Yeah. So. Both things can be helpful. What's good, though, I mean, the the amount of comfort you have in just sharing your stories is great. <laughs> yeah. So it's admirable. I, I don't think a lot of people can feel uh, this comfortable, which is which is good because I know that they have these types of stories. Yeah. The 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 thing with that, how I look at those types of stories too, is that like you you still roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. Where, like you said before, if we're if we're kind of stuck in and thinking about these problems and we don't move forward, it's you know that's that's the weight that we carry yeah. that's preventing us from being effective and in, in, yeah. in everything else. Yeah, so, I mean, sorry about the the taxes. Gosh, for you, but, but, should have known twenty twenty was going to be awful. Oh my god, yeah. But yeah, I mean, and I haven't always been this way. And there are still things that I stress about. But there are other things that I'm like, nope, I'm going to learn from this. Yeah, like that's good. I, Funny enough, this year was the first year that I hired somebody to do my taxes. Because I will stop talking about taxes. Oh my God, we're so sorry. Thanks for the listeners who came <laughs> for just for this part about the taxes. <laughs> but because I had hired someone, I could I reached out to this expert. And yeah. was like, can you review this and tell me? That immediately, you know, I messed it up. Anyway. I learned my lesson. I ugh, learned from learn from your mistakes just and do just, that. just do that. Yeah. yeah, just just learn. But yeah, I share the stories because, uh, especially now with social media, it just feels like everyone's just like dancing on clouds Perfect. and like walking over, yeah. you know, sliding down rainbows and getting to all their goals. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. And I <laughs> I like I like want information. Like yeah. I I'm. I have three master's degrees because I just like, I want the information and I like it organized and like official. And so when I see this stuff, like I will ask people like, all right, I saw that picture. You need to tell me what's behind it. Like, I know it's all bullshit. Like it wasn't that easy. And then, oh my God, the stories you hear. Oh, my husband and I were, this is what happened. We're fighting. I've been sleeping on the couch and all, you know, we hired a photographer, but just everything that you hear (laughs) And you look at the picture and you're like, oh, great. Everyone's perfect and gorgeous. And how are they putting on pants on a Wednesday? Like, I don't get it. Um, So the reason I share my stories, like, career related and otherwise, is because we're all going through it. And it's like, if if I make it seem like to you, and this is what I hate a little bit about the queer coach industry. Mm -hmm. I'll just say this, David. I'm sure you're not not like this as a coach. Which is like posting this stuff on LinkedIn. Like, oh, work with me and you're going to get your dream job in 30 days. (laughs) Well, the average posting gets, like, from post to, like, having someone yeah. doing the job 
what is it, like four months? So you're not getting your dream job in 30 days. No, no. But you'll get there faster if you go through our program or if you work with a coach, you'll get there much faster. You'll learn things. You'll know how to do things better. But it's not going to happen overnight. Right, right. Well, so, and I think you and I have talked about that too, about saying those things or the, the authenticity because then... I, I'm at a point now where I'm accepting that now we have these channels that can reach everyone. Yeah. So you can be selective. And if there's people that are interested in meeting those coaches that can get you your job in 30 days. <laughs> yeah. Work with them. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's all you like yeah. that's we, we do work here. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and it's going to be rewarding work for, for how, how you look at things, because what you, what you already saw and just through this conversation that the intention we have for the work that we want, uh, that we want to work with people on is to get them to their goals mm-hmm. and to work the, uh, you through that. Mm-hmm. But it's not just that we understand that there's more layers to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, podcast mm-hmm. plug. Great job. <laughs> We're peeling the layers. <laughs> we did it. Uh, but yeah, so th- that's the other part too, is that we understand that there's more to you than just mm-hmm. your career. And, um, you know, Carmel just being out here with the corporate job, with the three master's degrees, you used to go to school, what was it, last year or the year before, mm-hmm. um, while you were pregnant? Uh, I have done that many yeah several times yes you know like all all these things so she's been there she's done these things she's experiencing that and that's not to say that um, it's the same experience as you it's just to say that she's understood enough experiences she she's seen a lot so we're kind of grizzled veterans here Mm -hmm. when it comes to these kind of things Mm because I feel like I've been through these uh types of situations before and so we're, we're not here to bullshit you we're here to kind of work you through um, what you what you need, but again, it does take a lot of work. It does take a lot of your time, um, and if you've gone pa- down to this part of the podcast, I mean, this might be something for you because if mm-hmm. there's an interest in what we've been talking about, um, definitely reach out. We can put you in contact with what services that you'd actually be interested in, mm-hmm. and, and go from there. But I don't know, uh, you know, Carmel, you were saying. Uh, I think we we can kind of. Um, end this soon, but you were saying, um, already thinking about kind of uh, adding yourself as part of this podcast. But I, don't, I don't know. This is this is kind of cool. I, I enjoy the conversation. Yeah. God, there's so much. I mean, we haven't even talked too much, right? I feel like we haven't talked about it. I mean, hopefully, you learned something. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is so much, and I think you know, David and I have a lot to think about on you know, how do we get it to you best in a way that makes sense in a way that will be helpful to you. And I told him my goal for this podcast. So you'll have to let us know if we achieve this, but while there is a lot, we want you to know that it's not actually rocket science. Mm -hmm. Like it is a lot and it is overwhelming, but some of it's just knowing what to do, which of course that's what we're here for. And, and actually doing it, committing to the work, right. Whether you want to learn how to play golf, you want to lose weight, you want to learn to cook, you want to find a spouse, you want to get a new dog. I mean, whatever it is, or you want to make a career transition, all of it takes work. Um, and a lot of it is just doing the work. Like, I don't get every job that I apply to. I don't get every job I interview for. But you know what? When I want something, I keep going after it. So if I didn't get this job, you better believe I'm going to apply to another one, or maybe I already have. So, um, and obviously there's a smarter way to do things. And the more information you have, the better you can approach these things. Um, but it's all doable. It's, you have all the tools already that you need. It's just kind of knowing what to do and then actually doing it. Yeah. <clears throat> and knowing that there is services to help you get to your goal. Uh, of course. You yeah. So, um, you know, we're here for you. Uh, appreciate you guys listening. So we'll probably try to do a podcast on a weekly basis. Um, we'll also set up a web or a, an email address to get feedback. Time you, David. 
is totally I didn't quite remember that. <laughs> I didn't agree with that. Yeah, yeah, my, my bad. You heard it here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so for right now, if you have any comments, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're going to be sharing this podcast in a number of different areas. So you can either comment there or send your feedback to david at hilariocoachingandconsulting.com. Um, again, david at hilariocoachingandconsulting.com very long email address. Anyway, uh, thank you guys for your time. Thank you, Carmel, for being a wonderful guest here. Really appreciate the conversation. My pleasure. And uh, we will talk to you later. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Bye.